Welcome to day 20. Today we're gonna to talk more about how spiritual family works and how we belong through community with one another. It's helpful to think of the church like a greenhouse of belonging. It's intended to be a safe place where you can grow close with God and to each other. A community is a group of people in unity. We see this all around us in schools, in workplaces, neighborhoods. Sometimes we'll get community right and sometimes we don't. Even our families can be considered communities. It's a place where we're unified by one common goal. So what creates a healthy community within the local church? Let's see what Paul says in a letter he wrote to the church community of Ephesus. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. The community of God is a resulting of God's work within us. This tells us that community is not possible without God and others. This seems pretty obvious, right? So how does this process work? The process starts when we give our lives to Jesus and it continues as we continue to surrender our life to him in a process called sanctification. Sanctification is the process of us becoming more like the Jesus we read about in the Bible. Our spiritual growth is similar to our physical growth. We all start off on this journey of following Jesus as spiritual babies, but as time goes on, we go closer to God, closer to each other, and more mature in our faith. Paul said to the local church in 1 Corinthians 3.2, I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready. While that might sound discouraging, the takeaway is that the process of sanctification happens over time and as God works in our lives individually and collectively. The next important thing to understand about community is that it's not possible without unity. Unity is literally in the word community. Jesus says in Matthew 12 that a house divided against itself cannot stand. Paul describes the church as a body and he emphasizes that a healthy body is unified. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 21 says, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. The next important thing about community is that unity attracts the presence of God. Psalm 133 says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Now there's a lot of poetic language in this scripture, but the idea is that unity commands a blessing. Everything flows from God the head, and when we live together in unity, our lives carry the presence of God and his power, and his presence gets on our whole life. Not just at church, but everywhere we are. Unity is so important because the presence of God is what attracts others. When you know God, when you're walking with him, people look at you and say, something is different about that person. I wanna be around them, I want to know what it is and become like that too. When a group of people is unified and committed to each other and to God, people want to be a part of it. It's easy to think that healthy community just happens, but really it happens because we have unity in three important areas. The first area we need to be unified in is in purpose. Our shared purpose as a community is to follow the three commandments of Jesus. Each of the commands was given after the resurrection at a different time and place so we wouldn't be confused. The three commandments from Jesus are to reach the lost, 
to build those we reach, and to act in the power of the Holy Spirit. These three commandments from Jesus are at the core of our purpose as a community. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, obey my commands. The next way we need to be unified is in our belief. As followers of Christ, we have to follow God's word. Part of following God's word is knowing and understanding his word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The last area we need to be unified in is in culture. The values of God's kingdom are different from the values of the world. The culture of the early church stood in contrast to that of the world at the time. When culture and values of the world seeped in, it caused disunity in the Christian community. This is the reason for most of Paul's letters to the early churches. He wrote in Romans 12 too, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We are to be in this world, but not of it. We are to love and engage this world, but our culture is not to be marked by the same values of this world. We are called to be countercultural. When we're committed to unity as a spiritual family, one body with many parts, it creates a community where people's lives are changed here and for eternity. We're gonna pray this prayer together. Would you repeat after me? Dear God, thank you for spiritual family and for showing us what unity looks like. Help us to remain united as we grow closer to each other and closer to you. God, reveal to us our shared purpose for community and help us daily to be in this world and not of it so we reflect the values of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.